What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by the boys. The gang is back together. That is Kyle Sapi. He can be found on Twitter at KyleSapiPFN. That is Derek Tate. He can be found on Twitter at DerekTateNFL. Sapi, we're back. How are we doing on this fine Wednesday? We are. We were trying to calculate how long it had been since the three of us had did this. We do it like four days a week, all three of us, and it's been, what did we say, 13 days? Like, that's way too long. I missed you guys. I missed the camaraderie. We've got a th- we're going three wide today. We're getting people set up for week eight. What's not to like? Derek, how are we doing, my friend? Yeah, bringing in 11 personnel. I got Now I've got two Kyles to contend with yet again. For a while there, it felt like we were able to just focus on one Kyle for myself anyway. Now I've got the uh, the Kyle duo back. Now I got to go back to Yates and Sappy. So, uh, but I'm I'm juiced up to be back with you guys. Yeah, getting the band back together is the, the appropriate term to use here. We are going to get right into things here today because we have a ton to talk through as we get into Week Eight start sit. I will say this: there is a ton of options to choose from because guess what? No teams on by here this week. Again, Don't we have a started. greater conversation. We have started. a greater conversation to have about the scheduling here. Six teams on by last week. Zero here. There's two or four teams next four week. Four next two, week like, and then four, four in week 10. Like, just divide it. Uh, don't get me started. All right. All right. Let's not get into that. Let's get into talking about the Start Sit Optimizer that we have here over at Pro Football Network, though. PFNFantasy.com. The Start Sit Optimizer is here and ready for to help you set your lineups here as we go into week eight. We're going to talk through a ton of players here in this podcast. But if we do not talk about a player that is specifically on your roster, you need to go over to the Start Set Optimizer that we have here. It's absolutely free. You can enter in up to six players. Choose your flex lineups, running backs, wide receivers, whoever you need to choose from here. Six players. You can enter in up to six at a time over at pfnfantasy.com, the free Start Set Optimizer. Make sure to check that out. Additionally, the PFN Fantasy Discord. This community is growing at a record rate. Make sure to get over here. The link for that can be found in your podcast or YouTube show description, PFN Fantasy Discord. All right, we already talked about it. Zero teams on by here. A ton of options to choose from. Sapi, I'm going to send it here to you first. Who is your running back, first running back that you were looking to start here in week eight? Okay, the only thing worse than this bye week situation is when two teams in the middle of the season play twice in three weeks. Like, I just don't get that. There's a million, like, they, we've got these commercials pumping up how the AI decides the schedule, and it used to take us years, and now it takes us seconds. It takes you seconds to get it wrong. So this is so, it's backwards. We'll we'll have another podcast. We'll have an off-season podcast. Yates, put me down right now. Like June 14th, we'll have a podcast, and I'll just lose my mind on this. But right now, Javante Williams playing the Chiefs for the second time in three weeks. I think he's a good play here. He's my running back, 18 Tripled up McLaughlin in touches last week. 15 carries was a season high. We've seen him get at least three targets in five out of six games. And then the first meeting between these two, Denver was able to keep pace to a degree or at least keep the game reasonably competitive by running the ball more times than they threw it. I think that's going to be the game plan going in. Whether or not they can execute it is a different story, but I am going with Javante Williams, who we all think is a talented back as a top 20 guy in week eight. All right, so I'm going to go a little bit out of order here because you guys have done the extra legwork ahead of time of going in and entering in your plays into the show doc. Uh, Derek, I'm going to look ahead to the show doc here and see that you have Javante Williams as a sit or fade of the week here. So let's group it together on either side here. Why are you fading Javante Williams going into week eight? Yeah, we're still taking a look at the fact that, yeah, when they played a couple weeks ago, Soppy, I mean, what was it just? 10 carries for 50 yards. I mean, I get it was an efficient day at the office, but this Kansas City defense has still only been giving up an average of 14 points, uh, fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. And 
the last time we saw Russell Wilson facing off against this Kansas City defense, the passing game really struggled. So I just don't know if I feel very confident that they're going to be able to generate enough scoring opportunities to really make Javante Williams a top 20 play um, against or with an entire full allotment of running backs and all 32 teams playing this week. I I just think that there's probably better options out there uh, and kind of steering clear of this Kansas City defense. that has been pretty stout against opposing running running games. All right, I'll break the tie here. Javante Williams at RB26 on the week here in my week eight ranking. So I am a little bit lower. I'm going to side here with Derek. I will ask both of you guys this question here. Javante Williams or Aaron Jones up against the Minnesota Vikings here this week. Sapi, I'll start with you. I've got Javante right now. Aaron Jones is on. He's like the Chicago backs. He's like a lot of these guys where I need to prove. You need to prove your health to me right now. We saw him get banged up. He comes in before the bye week. He's limited. Then he misses a game. Then the bye week, all that stuff. And then he comes back next week, and he's limited again. Why am I going to assume he's going to take over the lead role until he does? So right now, I have Javante Williams ranked higher than Aaron Jones, even though I want Jones to I want Jones to win that question because I don't think A.J. Dillons is any good. Three yards of carry isn't a reason to split this backfield, but they're clearly not confident in his health. Derek, same question for you. Javante Williams or Aaron Jones in Week 8? I still think the matchup feels like it's a little bit higher ceiling for Aaron Jones this week. I I don't know why we saw AJ Dillon get significantly Uh more work than Aaron Jones. That's definitely concerning, but it's still something where I I'm truly a believer in Aaron Jones being the better back of the two players. Maybe I'm being a little bit stubborn and just kind of holding on to that week one performance. Uh, but again, I kind of like the matchup a little bit more against the Minnesota Vikings than I do the Kansas city chiefs and a Denver Broncos offense. that's still trying to figure things out again. Remember we're recording this here on Wednesday. Practice reports are going to be massive for Aaron Jones oh, here yeah. this week. If we're seeing limited practices again for Aaron Jones, then that's something where I might actually legitimately put Javante Williams above Aaron Jones by the time that we get to to Sunday and needing to make that decision. However, if Aaron Jones is returning to full practices and it looks like he's going to take back over this backfield, then that is something where I will very easily go with Aaron Jones over Javante Williams. Let me go a little bit higher up the board here, Sapi, to find that line for you. Would you go Joe Mixon up against the San Francisco 49ers or Javante Williams this week? Yeah, I still go Mixon there. I've got him in the running back one conversation. He's running back 13 for me. So he's ahead of Javante. We know his touch count. We know where he's going. And I want to believe that this Bengals offense is going to offer us a little something coming out of the bye. So I do prefer Mixon over Williams in that spot. Derek, same question for you. Javante or Joe Mixon? It's not by much, but I'll definitely go Joe Mixon. Just feel like the offense gives me a little bit more confidence. They're going to be able to create more scoring opportunities and the volume is at least similar, if not favors, Joe Mixon in this circumstance. So I'll go with Joe Mixon. All right, Derek, let's send it back to you. Your number one running back to start here in week eight. We had an appearance from Jameer Gibbs, ladies and gentlemen. This is fun. It's fun watching him play. I mean, he's a, he's a very talented, dynamic player. And really, the game script was perfect for Jameer Gibbs, right? I mean, 11 carries, 68 yards, you know, was still very efficient on the ground. But them trailing by, you know, four scores on the first four possessions for the Baltimore Ravens also led to a ton of a season-high 53 passing attempts from Jared Goff, which then led to Jameer Gibbs seeing a season-high 10 targets, nine receptions. So I I understand we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on the status of David Montgomery heading into this contest, but they're heading into a matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders that give up the fifth most fantasy points per game at 23.1 
on the season. So not to mention, I, I, I don't think that the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be able to put up a whole lot of points against this Detroit Lions defense because, you know, the Lions defense has actually been pretty good outside of last week. <laughs> so I and then the Raiders offense, you know, whether it's, you know, Brian Hoyer, or Jimmy Garoppolo getting back under center. I still believe the Lions have a get right game at home and Jameer Gibbs, whether Montgomery is active or not. I still think he's a pretty good play this week. All right. So let's assume that David Montgomery here does not play for this question. Would you go Jameer Gibbs or would you go Bijan Robinson here up against the Tennessee Titans? If Montgomery's inactive this week, I'd go Gibbs. That is a tougher matchup here for Bijan Robinson. It's going to be very hard to trust him back in the starting lineups here, even though that most likely was not his fault. There's a whole conversation there about Arthur Smith and injury designations that we need to have. Let's assume that David Montgomery does make it back here for this game. Are you still looking at Jameer Gibbs as a top 20 play? He comes in right around the top 20, uh, like at like 19, if Montgomery is available. Um, still think that it's encouraging from what we saw last week. And I think it's a game script where they could get uh, comfortably ahead against the Raiders um, pretty early in this contest. So either way, he is a top 20 play for me. And maybe that's a little bit aggressive, but certainly he's, he's entering top 12 consideration if Montgomery's out. All right, let's keep moving here. Sapi, your number two running back to start. Where are we going? Give me the Gus bus going against Arizona. Like I, I like what I saw last week. We've got over 16 touches per game in their last three wins. We think that's going to be the case. They're playing with a lead. I, I, I want to be attached to this Baltimore offense right now. Lamar Jackson looks like an MVP candidate. They're going against a fourth worst defense in terms of yards per play. Gus Edwards seems to be distancing himself a little bit from Justice Hill. I don't think he's getting an 80-yard catch every week or potentially for the rest of his career. That was nice to see right. last week, but... Either way, the rushing role is there. The scoring equity is there as a big favorite in Arizona. Give me Gus Edwards as a top 25 play. <laughs> Gus Edwards last week, one target, one reception, 80, 80 yards. yards. That's a season. <laughs> Just absolutely hilarious to see there. I, I feel like every single week so far this season, we have been like, it's Gus Edwards. It's Justice Hill. It's Gus Edwards. It's Justice Hill. And I'm going to make a reference that almost certainly Soppy has. Not. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Uh, yeah. Soppy most certainly does not know what that is in reference to. But if you do, I appreciate you. Uh, let's keep moving here. Gus Edwards at RB19 on the week here for me. I do believe that he is a very, very solid play here in this matchup up against the Arizona Cardinals. Derek, number two running back to start. Where are we going? When you think of expanded roles, think of Kareem. Anyway, so hopefully you got that reference. If not, Kareem Hunt against the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> Jerome Ford uh, looks like there is a potential that he could miss some time here in the in the coming weeks after suffering an injury uh, last week against the Indianapolis Colts. It's unfortunate because, you know, Jerome Ford popped a big run in the very first quarter. And then, you know, we saw Kareem Hunt. The efficiency definitely has not been there, but if the volume is there and a bounce back performance from this defense, hopefully against the Seattle Seahawks, I could see Kareem Hunt having himself, um, you know, north of 15 carries. And the dude does have a nose for the end zone. He has found the end zone three times this season. So I do think that he's just sneaking inside my top 24 uh, this week with assuming Jerome Ford is not available. All right, so obviously, yes, if Jerome Ford is not available, then we're looking Kareem Hunt's way. However, we do have the potential here that Pierre Strong, Pierre Strong saw plenty of work there when Jerome Ford did leave that game here. So what's your level of concern here? Do we believe that this is going to be a 60-40 split, 70-30 split for Kareem Hunt? What's your level of concern here with Pierre Strong potentially taking away some of the volume for Kareem Hunt this week? 
I, I think it's probably going to be somewhere between, you know, 60-40, 70-30, favoring Kareem Hunt. Um, there is certainly, I think, Strong will be involved. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be dismissive and say, oh, yeah, well, he's not going to be involved. Well, he had eight carries last week. So I, I do think that he is going to have some sort of role in this backfield. But I do think Kareem Hunt, uh, in particular, you know, if and when the Browns uh, get inside the red area, Kareem Hunt's probably going to be the preferred option. It's just a little concerning about projecting the offense because we're, we have, an, have some uncertainty at who's going to be under center for the Cleveland Browns this week. So I understand if some folks aren't as high on Kareem Hunt this week, um, but it's been encouraging to see him at least find in the end zone, which is something we've seen him do constantly throughout his entire career. All right, so let's assume Jerome Ford is out. Would you go Kareem Hunt here this week or Daryl Henderson for the Rams up against the Dallas Cowboys? That matchup for the for the Los Angeles Rams would concern me a little bit for Darrell Henderson. I mean, Royce Freeman still saw 12 carries last week. So, uh, you know, certainly he was involved, although Henderson, and he was actually more efficient. Uh, Henderson was the one that found the end zone, though. So I, I'm, I'll go Kareem Hunt in that circumstance. <laughs> week eight, and we're already asking questions about whether you should start <laughs> Kareem Hunt and Daryl Henderson, two players that were not on rosters to begin the NFL season here. Let's move into running backs to sit or fade here this week. I will say this every single week. These are not players that we are telling you to outright bench. However, we have concerns about them here this week, and we are fading them based on you know a certain number of reasons here. So, Sapi, I will send it to you. Who is that first running back to fade this week? I think I'm okay saying it. I think I'd bench Brian Robinson against the Eagles here. You got an Eagles defense giving up under five yards per play. Brian Robinson's really just turning into a touchdown dependent option. And I get it. He's been paying off because he's been scoring touchdowns. He's got five or he scored in five of seven games this season, but just 24 carries over the last three weeks. That volume isn't getting it done. And if you're talking a touchdown dependent guy against a good defense on a, the 20th ranked scoring offense, that's supposed to score under 20 points this week. What exactly are we banking on? How does Robinson get there if not for the touchdown? If, I don't think he's getting 20 carries. I don't think he's going to be overly efficient. I don't think he's going to score. Outside of that, he's a great play. So, I mean, to me, he's a lot like Damian Pierce. He's a lot like Najee Harris this week, and that's outside my top 25. I'm not starting him if I don't have to. It is going to be very interesting to see how this Philadelphia Eagles defensive line matches up against the Washington oh Commanders God. offensive line. It is not going to be good here for Sam Howell. Uh, obviously, with him on pace to take 97 sacks so far this year, you have the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. Just absolutely ridiculous. I think it's really interesting, too. You mentioned touchdown dependent for Brian Robinson. Here's how touchdown dependent he is. Eight half PPR points last week. That was with eight carries for 23 yards, and he found the end zone, which yep. gave him eight half PPR points. Otherwise, he was finishing with two. Uh, not great here for Brian Robinson. I would agree. He's outside the top 24 running backs on the week for me. Derek, your first running back to sit this week. Volume and efficiency. This conversation needs to be had about Joe Mixon, right? So Mixon against the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners haven't been as stout defensively as I would have liked to have hoped heading into the season. So maybe they're not a complete dismiss whenever opposing teams are going up against them, but you know, they still are only giving up an average of like 15 points per game to opposing backs um, from a fantasy perspective. So I, I just haven't seen enough from Joe Mixon. You know, certainly he's hovering pretty much on a weekly basis somewhere between, you know, 12 to 20 carries. So he's still involved. The volume's still there, but he doesn't, he has what one rushing performance over 70 yards all season, even with that volume. 
the production just hasn't been there. I, just one touchdown all season long. I don't think the ceiling's very high against the San Francisco 49ers defense. So uh, I'm fading Joe Mixon in my lineups this week. Yeah, I think that, you know, you look at that, that over 70 yard performance that was in week five up against the Arizona Cardinals where he had 25 rush attempts for 81 yards. So that was in a game where you saw Cincinnati leading big time, right? In that positive game script, which led to them just leaning on Joe Mixon. Do we see the path for that here this week against San Francisco? Maybe with the way that San Francisco's offense has been performing here the past couple of weeks with Cincinnati coming off the bye, there's the potential for it, but you're really hoping that he finds the end zone again. I think Joe Mixon is someone that I'm a little bit lower on here this week as well. I've got Joe Mixon currently at RB 18 on the week. Soppy, I know that you said you had him at RB 13. I think the path is there. The potential is there. If we do see the Cincinnati offense get right, however, are we going to see that? That's the concern. Would you go Joe Mixon this week or would you go Gus Edwards up against Arizona, Derek? I know it sounds crazy, but I'm going to go with Gus Edwards. I just think that there's probably going to be more scoring opportunities. And, you know, Gus certainly gets plenty of carries inside the red area when they get down there. I'm not banking on an 80-yard reception again this week, but I will still give Gus Edwards the nod over Joe Mixon for just this week. They are back-to-back in my rankings here this week. Soppy, number two running back to fade going into week eight. Yeah, and this one's more strategy play. It's Najee Harris, but that's, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't already know. But get off of your draft thoughts. Get off of what you thought in August. It doesn't matter now. I don't care about not Najee Harris. I don't care about Ramondre Stevenson. I don't care about Damian Pierce. Guys like this that you paid up for, you don't need to be playing. Like, you owe them nothing. They will not come to your door and ask you why you benched them. And until they do that, because, I mean, these guys are big humans. I would be scared if they did that, so I might, you know, <laughs> succumb to pressure. But I don't think that's going to happen. You're talking Najee Harris. He's averaging under nine receiving yards per game. That's just not in his role this year. Consecutive games without a touch, gaining more than 10 yards. The explosion that we saw early in the season is gone because that's who Najee Harris is. Not a good spot against Jacksonville, who I loved all season. I've been wrong every step of the way, but for some reason, they're allowing the fourth fewest yards per carry this season. So I was just on the wrong side of the ball. Najee Harris, fringe top 30 at best with everybody in action this week. I'm not playing him. Najee Harris finishing with just more than or more than 10 half PPR points just twice so far this season. Derek, you have thoughts on Najee Harris? Uh, no, I'm just grinning at the thought of Najee Harris knocking on Soppy's door and problem. going, you're telling people to sit me? What's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> that's, sorry. I mean, maybe this is a fantasy parody scene that we need to create um, in some way, shape or form. But that's pretty funny. That's that's a uh, you gave me that image. You painted you. the picture there, Soppy. Uh, Najee Harris, RB30 on the week for me. So I'm in complete agreement. I'm not going anywhere near Najee Harris this week. Uh, Derek, your number two running back to sit. Oh, we already talked about Javante Williams. So we, we did. We did. All right, perfect. We got that done. Let's go into wide receiver. So before we do, guys, the NFL season keeps on moving, which means that we get to talk about some really cool, exciting, exclusive offers. Underdog Fantasy is now offering new customers that sign up with the promo code PFN, or you can click the link in your description, a deposit match up to $500 plus a mystery pick'em special in the pick'em lobby to use right from the start. All you have to do is click the link in your podcast or show description, sign up, make your first deposit for access, and you will find the special player you got right there in the pick'em lobby. You need to take advantage of this offer right now before it goes away. So sign up now with the code PFN and take advantage of this ridiculously awesome offer today. Wide receiver starts of the week. Sapi, where are we going? Yeah, I feel like you, the people, are probably sick of the Rasheed Rice propaganda. So we're going we're gonna to assume he's a start because that's what we're doing here. And I'm going to move on to the next name, which was another waiver wire name that came up this week, Josh Downs. 
I don't. He shouldn't be on waiver wires. If he is, go scoop him and start him. That's the way this goes. But he's seen over a quarter of the targets from Gardner Minshew this season, and he's doing things with those targets. That's a high catch rate. It's a high percentage play. And I mean, he scored in consecutive weeks. How many points do you think have been scored in Colt games over the last two weeks? This this Gardner Minshew experience. Give me a guess, both you guys. Start with Kyle. How many total points have been scored in Indianapolis Colt games total over the last two weeks? Oh, it was ridiculous. I'll go uh, 110. Derek? 120. 134. This Gardner Minshew <laughs> experience is just out of control. They're giving up points left and right. They're scoring points left and right. I want a piece of that action right now. Josh Downs does that for me. He's a top 35 receiver for me. I have no issue in flexing him. All right. Josh Downs here. It is a tougher matchup up against the New Orleans Saints. So I do I do think that people are going to have a little bit of hesitancy plugging him into their lineups. Would you go Josh Downs this week or would you go Marquise Brown up in a revenge game narrative up against the Baltimore Ravens? I do love me a revenge game, but not this time. I have Downs three spots higher. Brown just outside that. We've seen Brown score, but if he doesn't score, we've got problems. I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring for that offense. Would you go Josh Downs or would you go another Josh, Joshua Palmer, up against the Chicago Bears? Yeah. These Joshes are a problem because they're both really good. I've got Josh Palmer, mm-hmm. 33, Downs, 34. So they're right there. I'm comfortable flexing either. Hopefully you don't have both and you have to make that call because that's going to be a tough spot. But I do have Palmer one spot over Downs. All right, Derek, let's send it to you. Number one wide receiver to start. Yeah, I'm buying into the hype here a little bit when it comes to Jordan Addison. And obviously, Justin Jefferson is not going to be available this week against the Green Bay Packers. His air yards per reception is at 18 yards. I'm starting to see, and you know, his skill set coming out of whether it be USC or Pitt, it's something where his ability to have formation versatility, get off the line of scrimmage, run routes, and create separation it's something where he's kind of fit into this Justin Jefferson role. Um, obviously, we're not going to see the type of production that we saw from Justin Jefferson, but I mean, if he can get close uh, in, in a feature role out of this wide receiver group without Jefferson in the lineup, I think that he's firmly inside the top 24, if not inside the top 20, uh, while Jefferson's out of the lineup. Uh, that's how confident I am in this kid. And yeah, you can argue his, lo- his long touchdown should have been a pick, you know, certainly, but he made the play and yep. he made plays consistently against one of the better defenses in the NFL in the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm very encouraged by what I've seen from Jordan Addison. I think that we have to look at week seven and that Monday night football performance as a breakout for Jordan Addison. It was an incredible performance here for Addison. And I think that if I'm remembering correctly, there was a play that Kirk Cousins just missed Addison for his third receiving touchdown in the yes. end zone too, right? So like we could have been even in line for an even bigger performance here. Uh, and as we're looking at Kirk Cousins playing some really good football, I think that Jordan Addison is someone that you definitely need to get into starting lineups here. He's at wide receiver 24 on the week for me right now with the potential to rise even higher. Sapi, your number two wide receiver to start. Yeah, definitely a, a guy making his first appearance on the plus side of this uh, this equation this season. Give me Drake London. He's going against a pass funnel that is the Tennessee Titans allowing the fifth most yards per pass attempt. We've seen Desmond Ritter trend in the right direction a little bit, at least seven targets for Drizzy Drake in four straight games. And he's got a 79% catch rate over the last two weeks. Things are moving in the right direction. This is a matchup play for me. Don't get me wrong. I don't think I'm going to have London as a top 25, top 30 guy most weeks, but in a good spot here with Ritter trending in the right direction and in the matchup that you can ask, can't ask for much more. Give me London. I think this Falcons offense is in a decent spot. They could score in this spot. That puts London inside starting lineups for me. 
Well, in Tennessee too, just trading away Kevin Byard here, we're looking at a, a defense that I think oh, yeah. is I think they're getting very close to just being like, why are, why would we continue to try? Right, you're trading away our best players here. Everyone's available based on reports here. I think this is a really good spot for Drake London. Where did you say you have him in rankings? Twenty nine. All right, would you go Drake London here or Jacoby Myers up against the Detroit Lions? Jacoby Myers is 24. You're not pulling the fast one on me. I'm going Jacoby Myers in that spot. But I do still think Drake London is a good play. All right, you ready for this one? Would you go Drake sure. London or would you go Rasheed Rice? I knew you were going to do it. You're just going to pick the guys I <laughs> like and be like, oh, how much do you really like Drake London? You got all these guys ahead of him. I've got Rasheed Rice at 26. That goes, and, and you're asking me to pick favorite children, and I'll do it. You got Jacoby Myers as number one. He's my favorite kid. We're in negotiations about naming the firstborn after said. We, we went back and forth with exactly how to do that with a unisex name to go both ways. You've got Rasheed Rice just under that. And then this week, Drake London's just under that. All right, Derek, let's send it to you. Number two wide receiver to start. I mean, I love me some Zay Flowers, but I, I don't plan on naming my, my next child Zay. But still, <laughs> Zay nonetheless. Zay Tate, why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a hell, that's a heck of a name. Um, anyway, so the point being... They're going up against the Arizona Cardinals. This offense finally looked like they were clicking on all cylinders through the air. Lamar Jackson obviously had a breakout performance. And we've all we've been kind of talking about this Baltimore offense. They've been on the cusp, right? On the cusp of just, you know, if they could just tighten things up a little bit, this offense could set to explode. They finally did in week seven against a a good Detroit Lions team. Yeah, it was a horrible performance, but it's a good Detroit Lions team. This week, they're going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Opposing, So Cardinals are giving up an average of 32 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. I believe that is sixth worst in the league. So Zay Flowers, you know, we I think that you could see him have success against a secondary that's given up a touchdown to Jackson Smith and Jigba, gave up a monster performance from Cooper Cup, and then, yeah, Jamar Chase went off, and that was with a struggling Cincinnati Bengals offense heading into that contest. I think it be it is a very good day at the office for Zay Flowers, calling over 100 yards and a tutty this week against the Cardinals. Ooh, I mean, you look at what Zay Flowers has done this year. Remember, this guy is a rookie wide receiver. He has not finished a game with less than 45 receiving yards. Like, every single game, he's bringing consistent receiving yardage volume. He just hasn't found the end zone. He, he's only found the end zone in week six up against the Tennessee Titans. The upside and consistency is still there. And like you said, this offense finally seems like it kind of got over that hump and is starting to click here. Six targets still last week, and that was in the game was over by the second quarter. Like we could have seen an even bigger performance if that game was closer here. It's a great matchup. I love the call. Zay Flowers, wide receiver 15 on the week here for me, guys. I'm getting Zay Flowers into my starting lineups. Let's move over to some players that we are not getting into our starting lineups if we can avoid it. Soppy, wide receiver number one to sit. Can't keep this one pretty simple here. Same game, flip side here. Hollywood Brown going against this Ravens defense. It's by far the best defense in the league on a yards per play basis. They're 7% better than anybody else. Over his last two games, Hollywood, 4.6 yards per target. You have any idea how many targets he's going to have to see to pay this off if he's not going to score? You're talking like 15, 20 targets. I'll take the under on that. So Marquise Brown, easily outside my top 35. I'm not making room for him in any lineups. I will agree with you here. Uh, just wide receiver 54 fantasy finish. Uh, again, this is in half PPR scoring formats. Wide receiver 54 fantasy finish in week six. And then wide receiver 47 last week as well. The 
the opportunity the upside is just not there for Marquise Brown here even though we did see a pretty solid stretch here the one wrinkle within this is Zach Ertz leaving Ertz, uh yeah. and being placed on IR does that open up some of the opportunity or does that go directly to Trey McBride at the tight end position that'll be sort of a wrinkle here but I agree with you Marquise Brown wide receiver 36 on the week here for me I'm looking to avoid him if I can Derek number one wide receiver to sit I'm gonna make this even simpler I want no part of any pass catcher that is having to catch passes from Malik Willis or Will Levis. Or Ryan Tannehill. No, thank you. No. <laughs> Look, we got to keep an eye on the health of Ryan Tannehill. But with their with the Titans season, you know, hanging in limbo, they've been looking for an excuse. They, they've drafted a quarterback within the first three rounds of the past two drafts, right? I mean, the first pick of the second round, I believe it was, this past draft with Will Levis. Malik Willis has seen action. Look, I, I'm telling you right now, we're not talking prop bets, but if Malik Willis is under center, I'm taking the under on whatever the lowest yardage total there is on <laughs> DraftKings. Like, I, I just don't trust him getting the ball down through the air because he holds the ball an obnoxiously a long amount of time because he doesn't trust his eyes. Will Levis, on the other hand, I, I see a little bit of Jay Cutler. My arm is so strong, I'm going to try to throw it through three people if it's my number one read. So, and not to mention his feet are a mess. His eyes drop when he gets a little bit of pressure. There's things that concern me about both of these young quarterbacks. I don't think either of them are ready, which means I don't trust DeAndre Hopkins in my lineup this week. Absolutely not. DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver 42 on the week here for me. And that is like just a volume play. Like that is purely just a volume play. Someone that you're plugging in there, hoping that he sees eight targets here from Will Levis or Malik Willis here this week. Not super confident in DeAndre Hopkins. How much do you think DeAndre Hopkins regrets signing in Tennessee this year like he has to be just absolutely fuming I could have been in Kansas City for less money I could have been in Buffalo for less money and I chose Tennessee what in the world uh let's go over to Sapi your number two wide receiver to sit yeah I'm gonna go Jerry Judy in this spot like I in theory they're gonna have to score to keep up with Kansas City we didn't see it in the first week maybe they have to maybe they can I don't know I don't think I have any confidence in this Denver offense Jerry Judy's next top 30 finish this season will be his first so I don't get how you can rank them as much until we see it. Russell Wilson clearly not going that way. Russell Wilson, speaking of that, his quarterback rating this week or this season, almost 40 points higher when going to Sutton than going to Judy. To me, right now, Sutton's the number one in this offense, and I'm not even 100% sure this offense can sustain one receiver, let alone two. So miss me with Jerry Judy this week. He's not my top 40 guy for me. DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver 42 on the week in my rankings. Jerry Judy at wide receiver 43. So you guys are right <laughs> okay. there. You're picking them off one at a time. Uh, Derek, number two wide receiver to fade here this week. There's a small part of me that feels for Amari Cooper right now because in three consecutive games, he's had to catch passes from either Dorian Thompson Robinson, PJ Walker, or Deshaun Watson before his you know ceremonious return to the starting lineup where he went one of five for five yards and a pick. So even if Watson is available, this Cleveland passing offense isn't giving me a whole lot to be excited about right now. Two consecutive weeks we've seen, or actually the last three weeks during that three-game span, what, six targets, one reception, 16 yards with DTR under center. Then, you know, a nice game, eight or four receptions on eight targets for 104 yards, a couple of big chunk plays down the field and a couple of beautiful catches from Amari Cooper because he's a very talented player. But then we went right back to the same P.J. Walker experience, same eight targets, only two receptions, 22 two yards this time. I just, he, there is a lot of volatility right now and, and a lot of fluid instability um, for that 
Browns passing game, which makes me want to fade Amari Cooper this week. Would you go Amari Cooper this week or would you go Joshua Palmer up against the Chicago Bears? Palmer. This is not the way that it is being ranked right now in expert consensus. I will just say that Amari Cooper is still well above Joshua Palmer. Would you go Amari Cooper or would you go Tyler Lockett up against the Cleveland Browns? A tougher matchup. Yeah, tough matchup. Then I'll, I'll go with the number one option because I... I was actually very high on Tyler Lockett this week, and he didn't really have that great of a game against a secondary that can be had there in Arizona. So in that scenario, I'll go ahead and take what I feel like is more more volume and just hope that Amari Cooper gets a couple big plays down the field. Uh, this is the Tyler Lockett experience, by the way, trying to figure out when to rank him as a top 15 play. If you rank him as a top 15, he will not finish there. If you rank him outside <laughs> the top 30, he will finish in the top 15. It's a guarantee. It's weird phenomenon in the fantasy rankings world. Let's move into quarterback starts of the week here. Soppy, a quarterback that you are looking to get into your starting lineups. Yeah, this week, Jared Goff checks all the boxes because that's one box and that's he's playing at home. It's a favorable matchup, don't get me wrong. The Raiders don't scare me at all, but he's my quarterback seven against the worst red zone defense in the world since the beginning of last season. Jared Goff offers plenty of upside, plenty of downside because he's Jared Goff, but at home, there's nothing not to like here. Since the beginning of last season, he's basically averaging a touchdown pass every 14 attempts, and guess how many attempts he's averaging in October? 42. That gives me 14 or 42 divided by 14 for you non-math guys. There you go. I see you counting on your fingers. You got enough of them. That's three touchdown passes for Jared Goff. That's enough to be a top 10 guy for me. He, Like I said, quarterback seven. He's locked in this week. A lot of people are going to be burnt by Jared Goff this past sure. week. They're not going to be excited to get him into starting. Guys, Jared Goff is at quarterback seven on the week here for me. This is a great matchup. You go right back to that well. Mm -hmm. Finishes quarterback four the previous two weeks out before that matchup up against Baltimore. I'm throwing that game out. I'm not really concerned Agreed. about it all that much for Detroit moving forward. Jared Goff into starting lineups here this week. Derek, your quarterback to start. I'm still confused by trying to do division off the top of my head. You not good. You broke Derek's brain. <laughs> yep, that's just simple division. That'll do it. Uh, so I'm actually going C.J. Stroud this week against Carolina Panthers. Uh, so we got the a battle of the number one and number two overall picks in the 2023 NFL draft. And through the first, you know, small sample size, through the first seven weeks of the 2023 NFL season, C.J. Stroud looks like the better player. Um, you know, a long, a long time ahead, long, hopefully successful careers for both of these players. But, um, you know, C.J. Stroud has thrown for more than 240 yards in five out of his six games. And the one game that he didn't, he didn't have Tank Dell available. And I think Tank Dell is going to be back. I think that this offensive line is hopefully going to start to get a little bit um, a little bit healthier up front and you know with a full allotment of options on the outside and CJ Stroud playing at a very high level I mean you can make an argument that he's been a top 12 quarterback I'm not talking fantasy I'm talking like just top 12 quarterback option uh, with how how well he's been playing through his first six games uh, you know sure he had a down week against the New Orleans Saints uh, talented and stingy secondary but still threw touch two touchdown passes I think he has a good week against the Carolina Panthers coming out of the bye I agree with you there both of these guys Jared Goff and CJ Stroud within the top 10 of my quarterback rankings here for week Same. eight let's move over to quarterback sits on the week Sapi, who are we looking to fade this hurts my soul, but if you've watched football over the last month or so, Jordan Love against the Vikings, Jordan Love against the Pop Warner team down the street, Jordan Love is struggling right now. He's giving me Blake Bortle <laughs> vibes, and I do not like how that's going here. He's got four top 12 finishes, don't get me wrong. He's looked good for 
like one and a half of them. It, this is a problem. The touchdown last week, it, it, the pass was so bad it was good, which is, you know, that's an issue. If that's how you're getting fantasy points, I'm not willing to bet on you. You've got the Christian Watson injury. You've got a Minnesota defense that looked a little bit better on Monday night against San Fran. I don't think that's necessarily here to stay. I'm not scared of Minnesota. I'm more scared of Jordan Love. Jordan Love, my quarterback 15 this week, and, you know, in a good matchup, he's quarterback 15. Uh, weeks one and two. Over that time span, Jordan Love, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. Looked great. Since that, looked great. Since that point, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, <laughs> in so the next, uh, the the consequential four games there for Jordan Love, not looking all that great. I agree with you, Jordan Love at quarterback 14, and he's really only there because of the matchup. Because of, mm-hmm. like, and I'm not playing him with any sort of confidence. I think with zero teams on by, you have other options that you can turn to. Derek, quarterback to sit here this week. Where are we going? Soppy, I can't wait for the breakout performance from Jared Love. I can't wait for it. The the, the cross between Jared Goff and Jordan Love. I'm just having poking fun there. Um, so against the Kansas City Chiefs two weeks ago, Russell Wilson did not play well. Uh, threw for under 100 yards, you know, one touchdown. And I, I'm not thinking it's going to get a whole lot better. So we've already seen what Russell Wilson looked like against this Kansas City defense. Sure, they make some adjustments. Sure, Sean Payton tries to get in the lab and, and you know, fix some of the things with this offense. But still, you know, after what was a pretty decent start to the season, you know, Russell Wilson has failed to top 200 yards passing in three straight games. And again, Kansas City defense has been better than we thought heading into the season. So I'm going to stay away from Russell Wilson in week eight. Would you go Matthew Stafford up against Dallas over Russell Wilson this week up against Kansas City? I would. I'd go Stafford. They're back-to-back in my rankings. I would go Stafford as well. Let's move into tight end starts of the week. Sapi, a tight end that you're looking to get into your starting lineup. I think Dalton Schultz keeps it rolling. We saw him score in three straight games prior to the bye week. We mentioned C.J. Stroud. Nothing nothing to sneeze at there. He's my quarterback eight. He's one behind Jared Goff. So I, I'm in on this offense. I mentioned earlier in the week that I think he's their number two option over Tank Dell in this offense and listen over 74 percent of houston's scrimmage yards come through the air not on the ground checks all the boxes he's a top 10 guy for me this week and potentially moving forward i think it's him and kyle pitts kind of fighting for that that range uh, after you get through the eight guys that kind of deserve to be locked in the top of the next tier is schultz and pitts for me and they're my top 10 the first three weeks we saw dalton schultz i mean it, it, Nothing. if you had drafted dalton schultz you were like i'm dropping him 100 no no hesitation there whatsoever tight end 43 fantasy finish tight end 26 tight end 49 since that point weeks four five and six tight end five tight end six tight end two granted that is aided by the touchdowns there that's not necessarily you know super consistent or sticky but 42 receiving yards 65 61 the guy's getting in he's involved in this offense i agree with the call here a solid play this week tight end start of the week derek where we going Yeah, if we don't think that the Washington Commanders are going to be able to generate any push up front to establish a running game against the Philadelphia Eagles, I think we're going to see Sam Howell probably throwing the ball more than 40 times uh, again against this Philadelphia Eagles secondary to try to, you know, knock off the Eagles. And I just see a busy day at the office for Logan Thomas. Uh, You know, I, while Logan Thomas is not the flashiest name and while we were just kind of talking about once you get through your top guys, it kind of gets a little bit dart throwish. That certainly applies to Logan Thomas, but again, four receptions, 51 yards on six targets. You know, he's seen around six targets a game on average. So, and, and that's generally a good benchmark for a tight end. And he certainly has the capabilities, uh, you know, at 
you know, six, six, two fifty to be a quality red zone option in particular, if they fall behind against the Philadelphia Eagles, I could see a busy day at the office for Thomas. After Logan Thomas uh, missed week three with a concussion since that point, he's had 41 receiving yards, 77, two receiving yards, 51. I'll give you a, a chance to guess which week I started Logan Thomas confidently <laughs> in my fantasy football rosters. Uh, it would be week six. It would be week Fair. six where he got one target, one reception for two yards and then bounces back last week after I cut him. It's great. I love fantasy football. Uh, tight end sit of the week here, Sampi. Where are we going? Yeah, and you mentioned dart throws, and I think you could throw a dart at a board and pretty much find a guy that I like more than David Njoku. This offense is broken. We talked about it in the Amari Cooper portion of the show, so I'm not going to reiterate all of that, but Njoku has one touchdown over his last 10 games, and he's a touchdown-dependent guy. So if that's kind of like asking if you hire an accountant that doesn't have a math degree. Like, you could do it, but it's not going to work out over time. That's kind of what you're looking at with David Njoku, who's a touchdown-dependent guy who I'm never going to project a score. So, really, what are we doing here? David Njoku, he's tight end 21 for me. 21. You could do better. <laughs> I've got him at tight end 21 exactly as well. Derek, tight end sit of the week. Where are we going? While I like this player, and I'm kind of excited to see his role expand with Zach Ertz going to IR, I'm going to stay away from Trey McBride this week. And the reason why is just the matchup. The, the matchup is absolutely terrible for Trey McBride this week. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are only giving up 4.9 fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. And do we think that Josh Dobbs could potentially struggle against the Baltimore Ravens? Sure. Do we think we're going to see Kyler Murray this week? Probably not. So I'm just, as much as I really like this this kid uh, and do think that he can have success on the NFL level uh, as a pass catcher and see his role expand potentially, I'm just not going to bet on a big week in, in week eight. I wrote up an article right after we got the Zach Ertz news that he went to IR talking about Trey McBride as a waiver wire pickup, which you can find over at pfnfantasy.com and went back to look at Trey McBride's college stats because I knew that he was in the conversation for one of the most like consistent receiving weapons in the entire 2022 NFL draft, right? Not just at the tight end position, but including the wide receivers. Went back and looked at his college stats, 90 receptions in his final year at Colorado State. You yep. do not see that. Luke, compare that to Luke Musgrave's college stats, which are just <laughs> nowhere near whatsoever the level of involvement for Trey McBride. The talent level is there. I'm excited to roster Troy McBride moving forward. I think that he has the potential to break out here as we move throughout the rest of the season. I'm not looking to get him in my starting lineups as a top 12 player this week up against Baltimore for the reasons that you mentioned, Derek. All right, that'll do it here. Week eight starts at options in the book. Make sure if you are watching over on YouTube that you hit that like button, that you subscribe to the channel and that you click the bell to get notified for when our new content drops. And again, all of our written content can be found over at pfnfantasy.com. Everything that you need to know to dominate your matchups this season can be found right there at Pro Football Network. All right, that'll do it for Derek Tate and Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time.